Welcome to the 53rd episode of 32 Pages, 2 Staples. This is Chad, and I'm here with Patrick. Hey. Okay. And uh, this is our somewhat weekly <laughs> comic book show in which we talk about new comic books, old comic books, um, Star Trek, uh, other things that are related to comic book world. We do spoil some stuff, so be warned, um, but usually not too intensely. Um, just discussing like what goes on in some of the comic books, which might piss some people off, but whatever. You've been warned. Um, and we're usually joined by third person, John, but John is John is gone. I believe that John is dealing with a family emergency by which I believe that his whole family has been kidnapped and that he is saving them. Uh, I believe he's in his ability to rescue them, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably he's probably really good at that. <laughs> he's been he's spent he's spent forty. <sighs> eight or nine, however old is he is, 49, 55, 55 years, um, reading comic books to learn <laughs> about the best way to save someone by using his her- her- heroic powers and heroism in general in which to, to rescue his family. So I'm sure and they're, we have they're faith. good. I'm sure they're good. We have faith. So uh, before we get started on, on the comic books, we skipped a week. So we have a lot of things that I have no idea. I've, I remember almost none of the comic books that are in front of me, which is always fun. Um, but I'm sure that as I look at them, I'll come up with some, some comments and there are a few things I do remember, but there's a ton of stuff that we could talk about. We won't, we'll talk about a handful of things, but before we get into that, um, have you watched the Luke Cage show? I have not. Okay. So I watched a bit of it when it first came out. I like the first four episodes, maybe in the first day and like over the first weekend, I watched like the first six or seven. Um, and it's one of these, I remember talking about on here where it's set up where it's like six six episodes that are one story arc, then a transition episode, then six episodes that are like a second sort of arc. Um, right. which seems to be like the new Marvel way of doing things. Um, the second half of, of Luke Cage is gets bad. Like it's that it goes from being like, this is a great show to like, oh, this is fine to like, this is kind of stupid. Um, and I don't want to <coughs> spoil that for everyone. Cause I, I don't really care to do that at this moment in time. It's not worth talking about, but I, but I want to know how it's, well, there's a few ways that's bad. There's one thing that I, that I will say. So there's there's one thing that's confusing about it is that is that and uh, throughout the show, the show takes place after Jessica Jones, after Luke Cage is is possessed by Purple Man Kilgrave and tries to kill Jessica Jones. She shoots him through the head to to you know de whatever you know, get his D mind control him, get him back to his own self. Um, and Claire Temple, who's like the night nurse saves him. She's in Luke Cage too. And somehow, unbelievably, they managed to talk about this event of him getting shot many times and never once referenced Jessica Jones at all. <laughs> like as a character is, which is very weird, especially given that in the comic books, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are a couple and they're sort of together. Right, and they're going to be in a show together in the defenders. And they're in Jessica Jones together and had like a, a relationship. So that's weird. Um, one, the thing that I think is bad is that there's a character named Diamondback. Who's the, the, we find out is like this scary big arms dealer who is the largest illegal arms dealer in in Harlem, which I assume then stands in for New York, which I assume stands in for North America more or less, right? And um, he's he's the one who's been smuggling guns into into Harlem and selling them through crooked cops and through Cottonmouth to like gang members and and whatever and making big bucks with this this technology that the special guns that he's smuggling in, right? And as it turns out, 
Diamondback is the half-brother of Luke Cage, and this is why he wants to come back and kick Luke Cage's ass because Luke Cage's dad loved Luke Cage more than he paid attention to Diamondback, who's only like a half <laughs> – was a, was a bastard, was literally a bastard. Okay, that's dumb. Like that's a really dumb premise. Um, but the thing I don't understand is that at some point – Diamondback sort of exposes his big plan, and his big plan is that— I can't get over the name Diamondback. Yeah, Diamondback. Diamondback, who is, like, not playing for the Arizona Diamondbacks in baseball. <laughs> um, it wears a dumb-looking suit, but he—, um, he Diamondback has this plan whereby he is going to go around and beat the shit out of people and claiming that he's, like, Luke Cage, so that the police will want to buy his, his weapons so that they can stop people like Luke Cage, which— <laughs> Brings up the whole idea of like, the fuck does illegal arms dealing work in which you can then suddenly try and sell all of your weapons to the police force? Like, why would the police force not, if they needed these weapons, go to the source of the manufacturing company that makes these weapons and legally purchase them at a lower price? I, I, I think he just wants to move up in the world and transition from illegal to legal arms dealer. And it should be easy, right? That's a common transition. I just don't understand how illegal arms dealing works. I think I just don't get it at all. Um, because otherwise it just, it just, that makes no sense to me. That, 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 that would be your, your plan, but it goes downhill from there. I mean, it, it gets pretty bad. And then the last last 10 minutes are fantastic. The last 10 minutes of the show are great and make me want to watch more of it. But there's a stretch from like episode eight onwards that just drags out and is like really weirdly like just off, uh, just just off. Like it doesn't work well. It's not well paced. It's like it has a lot of dumb points to it. And I did not like that very much. I was really disappointed because I, I had high hopes for Luke Cage after like not liking Daredevil season two at all. But but you said it ended on a way that made you want to watch more because it's set up to be a there's set up, it sets it up to be a second season and it does so in a way that's like right. oh, okay yeah I get it like I'll, I'll watch I will watch it um at least for... see that's what shows do like I feel like that's so many shows is like they only need to give you a certain amount of quality at the front like a bit or two of quality in the middle and then quality quality at the end and everything in between can be just hot garbage. Yeah. Such an addictive pattern that people come back. Yeah. And I, I don't, yeah, yeah I don't, yep. I, I don't know. I'll probably watch, I'll probably watch it. Cause like, I like the character. I like, I, well, we are not going to get a new Luke Cage for a while. Cause I believe what's coming next no. is, um, Iron Fist and then Defenders and then Jessica Jones and then Luke Cage. So that's a long time from there. That's from now. Long. Right. So like, I'll watch Iron Fist for sure, you... and I'll watch Defenders for sure, because yeah. they're entertaining. But I'm not going to watch them all bending, binging over a weekend like people do. I really, I really wish that Netflix would go to a system where they just released one new issue each or one new episode each week. I would even just batch it. Yeah, yeah, but they they'll only do it with all of them. Like if it was like three, you're saying like three a week or something like that. One every yeah. couple days, or like three every few weeks or something. Yeah, something I don't I don't like because it, it it makes it not it makes the cliffhangers not work as well either. Because like in the middle of the right, season, there's no point because you're just starting the next one. Yeah, in the middle of like the season, episode seven could be like 
if it just ended and you had to wait like days or a week, you'd be like, whoa, that was crazy. Like, I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah. But instead, it's like starting in 15 seconds and then it just goes on in the next episode. So there's no it's a really we've ended up in a world in which this is a really dumb model that was innovative for like a year. And now it's just wrecking the shit out of everything. I don't like it. It does. That's, that's kind of why I only watch shows I really don't care about because I end up not just binge watching multiple episodes. I will watch half of an episode and then the next time watch the second half and the first half of the half of the next episode. And then maybe finally I watch a full episode. Like I'm constantly just in the middle of, of, of episodes because it's just all there to be binged or, or not watched as you go as you want. It's not, not good. Yeah, it's, it's I I don't like it. I think I wish it would go. I wish we went back to like the old school way of just like not like old school and like it all being on network TV and uninteresting, but more right. paced out, more something. I, it, it is literally like these shows are there for a day and they're gone. And do you pace yourself at all? Or yeah, no? I don't. Like, look how long it took me to watch Luke Cage. That thing came out in yeah, like I don't true, remember, like September or something. Um, but even then, you're like on a weird pacing as opposed to like the weekly setup pacing, which is a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't have time. I was traveling a lot. Um, so one other thing. Well, how, right. first of all, I, I should say we did skip a week here because of Thanksgiving, which was was yes. sort of interjected in the middle of this. So we're going through two weeks of comics. But um, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. I uh, I stayed stayed in Burlington and and had Thanksgiving with friends who I've had uh, a number of Thanksgivings with. So it was fun. Oh, that's cool. How about you? It was fine. Yeah. Um, it reminded me that of of someone as is, someone else told me this story once, but it reminded me of my favorite. Uh, there's two things. Two things. Um, this is a segue. It reminded me of my favorite uh, Thanksgiving Day joke, which is that uh, <laughs> his family <laughs> was sitting around. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner and they're eating their Thanksgiving dinner and this like 13 year old kid um, turned to like his aunt and he's like I have a joke and he's like why did the chicken cross the road and she's like why and he's like because fuck you <laughs> Just, <laughs> my favorite joke of all time um, which reminds me of, of which I was reminded of because of Thanksgiving but also because of I've been reading Jerusalem I spent most of the weekend reading Alan Moore's Jerusalem which I absolutely adore I'm 350 pages into it or some so and I'm into the second volume now and it's really a spectacular book um the first volume is all about the burrows and goes that through makes me want to read it. essentially I, essentially the first volume is short story after short story of linked characters linked by space and by all living in Northampton in the boroughs and um, by genealogy, some of them, but not all of them. Um, and so it kind of tells like these stories of like one of them would be like this one in the middle is about this monk who travels from Jerusalem to Northampton with a cross because the angel told him that he needs to get to the center of the country for this to deliver this this relic. And um, he dies at the church. So this is like a real story. He dies at the church with the the cross. Um, so it became part of like Northampton lore. And then there's like um, years and years later, there's like people will be walking by that church and they'll reflect upon it or reference it. And they'll meet like a character in the street. And then a few chapters later, you get that view of that character in that street and how that person connects to everything. And it builds this world of the boroughs. Um, and I don't know what volumes two and three are. Um, and there's like sort of a, a more metaphysical plot in which one of the characters, uh, uh, this one family 
has a streak of madness through it. And it's like the Alan Moore stand-in family. And um, the great-grandfather, the I, depending on which what generation, the, the oldest, the patriarch of the family, goes crazy when he's painting the top of St. Paul. He's touching up the painting in St. Paul's Cathedral. And the spirits talk to him and unveil to him like the shape of the universe, and it drives him insane. Um, so he passes that down to like his son, <laughs> who, goes, who goes crazy, who then passes it on to like a later daughter and everyone. The main story at the beginning and the end of volume one is that one of the main characters um, has an accident at work and believes that now he is like lost his shit and like that he's gone mad and he remembers something from his childhood that makes him think that he's been insane for his whole life and has inherited like his family's insanity. But it's it's really great. It's well written. It's really mm. fun. And there's a joke in the middle of it that's that reminded me of this Thanksgiving joke, which is um, why do crabs walk sideways? Because they're assholes. Which <laughs> 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 is also a perfect joke. These are uh, perfect. I'll probably tell that at work tomorrow. <laughs> it's a perfect joke. I love it. There's just no sense to it. It makes me laugh so hard. Every time I can think of it and just say it, and it makes me laugh so hard. Uh, is it? They are. Because <laughs> they're just that. There's no, there's no like setup or pretest. It's just that. Um. Anyways, we should they're talk about. It's... Yep, they're just definitely assholes. We should talk about some comics, and what I think we should do is our last staple book of the week was Thanos number one, which John chose for us. Yeah. Which I read, and again, remember next to nothing of. Um. Except that I remember finishing it. This is by Jeff Lemire and drawn by Mike Diodato. Um, and it's a new Marvel book that's featuring Thanos, the evil world-crushing villain, um, who's been gone, I guess, for some time and is returning to his throne, uh, which he is being occupied by a character that existed in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and Secret Wars one, Corbus Glaive. And um, he immediately dispatches him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he immediately kills him and is trying to reclaim his throne at the same time that we find out there's there's a lot of characters around him that want to, like, take care of him and, and get rid of Thanos. Um, and at the same time, we find on the very last panel that Thanos is, like, dying somehow from some mm -hmm. mysterious thing. I finished this and thought, well, that was just a comic book. <laughs> that was that was a yeah. that was just a, that was a that was a straight that was a comic book. And that was all of my thoughts. I'm, I'm interested that the, the <laughs> my my biggest thing was that that guy who was on the throne, what was his name? Corvus Chris. Glaive. Glaive. Uh, I dug him and his story more than Thanos. Yeah, I forget like what his whole. He's in he's in uh, the Hickman stuff. He's like a Hickman character. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, um, I just just found his story and. The right hand man, who when when Thanos leaves, kind of completely takes over and kind of does it like well, and he's proud of himself. Like he's he's like genuinely like the the second in command who's made it big, and I kind of dug him. Yeah, no, he's great, and then he's just immediately dispatched. Just just killed him immediately. So you didn't know who he was, or I guess he kills himself because that's the more merciful option. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, no, he... Thanos like offers. Him the, uh, yeah, he does like choice. he just he just knifes himself. He didn't have much of a choice there, but um, so you didn't know who he was. I don't know who the hell these other people are. 
arrows. Oh no, I looked up. I looked the guy who looks like Lab, uh, Lobo up. Like I had, Starbot. I had to look him up, and then it led me to look the other guys up. Oh really? And who? What did you find out about these people? Uh, one is there's like Thanos's brother, his son, or that guy's son, and Thanos's son, and then the Lobo looking guy is just like some last survivor or his race badass. Oh, so he's like Lobo. Um, so I, I didn't really like. Yeah, exactly. No, that was the other part. I'm like, wait, is Lobo also from that race? But there's only one of them. I'm confused. And Lobo's also a DC character. Yeah, no, I know. I really did wonder if it was Lobo drawn in a way I didn't recognize at first. Because <laughs> um, he has crazy hair and pale skin and he's muscular and has been hired to kill someone. <laughs> yeah, and he's the last of his race. <laughs> he likes to murder people. Yeah. There are only so many like, characters. This is not Lobo, no. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's interesting to have like a villain comic, and I and it and yeah. uh, and it's interesting that Thanos is like just immediately comes back and like reestablishes himself, and I think that's pretty cool. I don't know how long a series like this runs. Um, I mean, it's interesting enough. I feel like if I knew more about these, the background of the the supporting characters it would have more weight to it and i just don't and i um and i'm not sure that there's enough here to like grasp what was going on i wasn't like lost about it um but it wasn't it didn't have like the the sort right. of like I, oh I shit dude this is great it. yeah it wasn't like the great like oh this is gonna be so cool here's all these people in the same comic they're all coming together that part i didn't get so i don't know and i don't know what the thanos is dying part that last that last panel is a little over the top, <laughs> the maudlin. Now that I'm looking at it, like is he like bleeding, bleeding purple? Blackness from his nose. Is it black purple. or purple? Yeah, he's bleeding purple from purple. I, I don't. It dep- depends where it is on him. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, and like I didn't. It's a weird way to make make a, a song. Like it's it's hard to tell what our stance on him is supposed to be. You know, there's the the villain comic idea is cool, and then the options are kind of show someone being awful and see if readers want to read it anyways, or find some way of making him sympathetic, even though he's evil. And this, I don't know which this book is doing yet, because it's given us these characters who want to go kill him, so... Since we know he's evil, we should be sympathetic to them and not him. But then it makes him dying, which is like kind of the automatic, like, oh, kind of a root for him anyways. He's just trying to take back his throne and, and annihilate everyone just one last time. Um, yeah. So it's just, it, yeah, I don't know where I go with any of the book yet. Yeah. Are you going um, to, I like that. Did you, what did you think of the art of this, which I just, I'm going to come back to in a second. But I, I thought it was totally fine and serviceable and not bad. The art, yeah, yeah, the art's fine. It's it's a com- that that to me was very the the source of this is a comic book reaction. I like the I like the it's the lines of the breakups of the panels a lot. Even though I don't know that they're necessary, I feel like they they oh, sort of, yeah. they give it a little bit more something. It's not just straightforward like number of x number of panels on a page sequential. Like there's a little extra things going on. I think that's cool. I like and and some of the details are nice. I thought it was yes. Yeah, it's, it's 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 above average, but it's still like very much yeah. just like almost not house. It's not house style, which is good, but it's not 
super in innovative either. Like, yeah, I concur. What do you? What do you? What do you? How many staples out of ten do you give this? I, I give it um, six and a half staples. Oh, I was gonna give yeah. it five. Yeah, well, I, but I think you just—it's like a little bit above average. Yeah, five, five and a half. You're usually yeah. the low okay. grader. I, I'm I'm low grading this one. As like it's it's fine. Do you know You're if John? Okay. I'm the low grader this time compared to you. Um, did you did you talk to John about this at all? We actually didn't. Ah, I was wondering. Which now I'm you... like surprised, which makes me think he may not. He probably didn't like it. Although I shouldn't speak for anyone. I should. I, I especially shouldn't speak for someone who's in the middle of rescuing their their family from kidnapping. That just seems rude. That's true. But I will speak for his behalf on the next book. Which well, here's another question: Are you gonna okay. Are you gonna keep reading Thanos or not? No. Yeah, I don't think I'm going either. I didn't. I didn't subscribe yeah. to it. Uh, I unsubscribed from a bunch of stuff this week too. Same. But... <laughs> when I bought it, I was like, but "Don't put me down for it." Like I'm buying this one, but don't put me down for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm done with a few few other things too, but um, I don't know if they're in the stack or not though. Uh, but I will. Oh yeah, one of them is. Um, I don't think we're gonna talk about it. But anyways, um, one thing that I will talk a little bit on John's behalf is the book that I was most excited by this week. Like if I had to yes. choose my favorite. Of all the books I read over the past two weeks, um, the, that would have to be, without question, A.D. After Death, book one by Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire. Um, this, is this I believe, was initially going to be a single graphic novel, but is now broken up oh. into three issues, um, with the next one coming out in December. Oh, so. Okay. so it's coming pretty quick, but it is like an... I don't know how many pages this is. It's way more than 32. It is a giant book that is oversized in which half of it is a novel, novella, prose story um, with the occasional drawing about a our main character um, whose name I'm blanking out on. But the main character back in like 1982, when he, when he goes on a, a vacation with his family, that becomes like this sad, like emotionally charged vacation of his dad just trying to like <laughs> have a little goodness in his life by taking his family to Florida yeah. and shit does not just nothing bad happens it's just nothing good there's nothing about well, it that makes bad it redeeming I don't yeah well but then but on the way back there's a moment where things get better and then his his mom collapses and you come to find out later that she has like a disease that her body is falling apart and so she's going to pass away yeah. and then the second part that's more traditional comic booky of a sequential art and like um the word bubbles and all that kind of stuff is set way in the future way 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 in the future in which our, our character is living it's 825 years after death um in which death has been solved essentially and these people live forever and they work on farms in like these 80 year cycles um and that's fine because you're living forever. And he's like stealing stuff away, sequestering it away in like artifacts and cows and like this shed. And he's starting a new, a new cycle and a new base. Um, that's looks, and all these are like super lonely seeming, um, for like an 80 year, like by yourself sort of cycle. Um, and I get the, and I get the sense that he is, he was part of something that led to, he was part of some some sort of thing that led to death being eradicated or solved or however you want to put it, um, and that uh, he seems to want to bring it back. 
is my sense of at the end of this book. Although that's he wants not, to bring back death. Yes, that's what I think is happening here at the end. I don't, but I mean, it's not just that death. I okay. Did, first off, did you read a like a, a summary that told you some of that stuff? Or no, I is that your, no, I just, that's my that's my interpretation explanation of your understanding. Yeah. Okay. Um, cause, uh, it's as much tighter than I came up with, but I think you're inclined to anyways, I'm more inclined to, uh, follow along the blind. Um, and like, I'm not sure that they're all operating the same way that the, these people are having these cycles, but I don't know. I mean, he passes an entire city, so not everyone is in these isolated cycles. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think everyone's in an isolated place. I don't mean to say that. Just okay. that, like, the people, okay. like, his working place seems super, like, he's on the farm, and it's just him and, like, one other dude, <laughs> and then, like, he's in this, like, right. um, tower where he's, like, listening for for something, um, and it's just, like, him in a... In a and the, the woman who was there before him was alone. Right. Um, but the reason I think the death but thing is like when he steals the, the conversation with okay. when he steals a cow, he breaks the cow's legs and says, "All right, listen to me. You're now part of the new plan. The end of everything starts with you." And I get the and then when he says at the mm-hmm. very end when he's like listening to this radio to see if anything's going on, he's like he's like you're part of the new plan and it starts today. Um, and that sort of echo made me think that he and he seems like through there's a melancholy tone throughout both the the remembrance of the past and in this like present time as if like maybe being able to live forever is not the best thing. Right. Um, but the, 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 the part that I'm hesitating at with your theory is that I want to try to figure out how something happened like they're yeah. listening to some other part of the world beneath them some uh, like there's something else that happened besides eradicating death and that there's there might be something left behind that he's trying to find out more about and that part is what i'm uh is is a gap in in your reading well not your yeah it is (laughs) well i think what it is going to be is that first sequence where he's on the the ground and the crazy purple things are coming to eat him but i don't know how that ties in yet okay there's only three books like i don't know what that it's not super long, or it's not like it's going to be like a I know. 60 issue I thing. wish you hadn't told me it was supposed to be a graphic novel originally, because I'd I'd want to read this as one graphic novel. Yeah, I don't mind it this way because it's. I love the the other things I love about it are that the cover has great stock, <laughs> like it's really smooth, and <laughs> nice. I love touching I... it, and like it feels so good and it's got the old I'm edging. What? My my shop didn't get any in, so I had to read a digital copy of a book that you already had expressed oh. physical appreciation for. So I'm I'm like I, I feel like I have half of the product. You got screwed because it's it's you need the physical thing. I would order it from like Midtown I've, Comics. I've one I've subscribed to it, so I'll get the next ones. But I really the like I I, I read some. I don't read very many. Um, like comics on 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 the screen, um, I read few, and I always feel a little bit of a of a lack or something missing. But this one, I really, really felt it. Oh my god, you have like, no it idea! Was physically painful. It's oversized. It's a magazine I mean, it's, format. It's, it's like, yeah. and the paper inside is also glossy and like is like 
it's not the same stock as a normal comic book. It's thicker. Um, so that the watercolors don't really bleed through at all. And it's it's just lush. The like it's a lot. Are gorgeous. I okay, so and this is where I'll speak for John. John said that he specifically could not read this because he really doesn't like Jeff Lemire's artwork. Um and that was that was the thing that I can say on his behalf is that he he was very very much just didn't like it. He not not that he thought that the story his exact statement was something effective. Well, if someone else wrote drew it, I might like it a lot. But because art is half of it and I don't like this art at all, um I can't even be bothered or can't read it um and i and i think you expressed the same thing and we this is where i don't want to talk on his behalf but i think he thinks that i my interpretation is that he sees the lemire art as being almost like too simplistic too on on it uh it's not it's just like too rudimentary in some sense too childish something to that effect um Again, we're in this position of like we've I've heard some of John's thoughts on Lemire, but I still don't want to sit here and 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 speak for him. But I think that is yeah part of why he doesn't like him. But and and what I want to find out right now, like the the I I said the watercolors are gorgeous. I didn't specific, I specifically said that stepping away from the line drawing and the, the portrayals of people or, or the cities or or, or whatever because. Uh, I, I could I see why that though that style wouldn't sit with someone, but to me, just the colors are just gorgeous. Like regardless of what they're portraying or how they're being portrayed, the colors are gorgeous. And I, I would be interested if John would like agree on that part of the art at all or no. Oh right, yeah, that's that's a good um, point. This is a weird conversation. I know I do like I look because I'm gonna I'm trying to putting his place in there because. I personally really do like I like Lemire's sort of aesthetic and like Same. I find I find it very much of a piece that it's that it is it does what it's supposed to do where things are like quasi futuristic and at the same time very gentle and childlike. Um, but you point out there's like the anxiety. So nostalgic, but an earnest nostalgic. Yeah, and it's like it if it to me it's got a good blend of that where it's not like trying to like overly define yeah. this futuristic city and make it seem realistic. Yep. It's more like a idea of a of a kid's version of what the future might look like, and and everything has. I think it's very difficult to achieve that sort of balance. Um, and you mentioned like the anxieties yeah. and people's faces, and there frequently is a, like a a sadness and a melancholy and an anxiety it's to constant. it. And I think that matches really well with the story in here. I think that 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 works well um, yeah. because Scott Snyder's writing is really powerful at times. Like if you, the, the, the specific place I, I thought of that is um, in the, the, the part that's in the past and, and the, the, the vacation trip mm-hmm. um, when the, the father, so there's this big page, it's mostly text. There's a drawing at the bottom of, of, um, the child and the mother standing in the background while the dad's on the phone. Okay, yeah. And, and I think most of us, if we turn a page that has art on it, whether we're um, if you're reading it like a very sequential comic book, you you know which panel to look at. You know, you look at that that panel on the top left. Um, if it's a non-sequential book, then you you wander more. And it's something like these pages that are one image or two images and mainly text. I think you go to the image, even if it's at the bottom of the page, like part of you wants to see the setting that this text is going to portray. Um, you, you realize the text and this long text and this one image are related. So you want to 
understand the image, and then go to the text that, that processes it. In this one, the text doesn't immediately as this is a bad phone call. This phone call is disappointing. It's the moment in this vacation when maybe when something magical might be happening. The, the family sees this balloon they follow it and they track it and there's a number to call and they might win a prize and they're excited this is potential this is potential for a good memory of this vacation um and that's how it opens but if you go to the art first and you see the just writhing face of the father you know this is bad you're you're like oh fuck why that's that's an uncomfortable way to portray like the father. This that doesn't feel good. And then you start the story, and it's because oh yeah, it goes badly. It just leads to like the vacation falling apart. Um, and I, I I like that that sense of disorder that is order. Yeah. And I think Lemire's anxious faces are part of everything he does a lot of the times. Yeah, we came to fucking Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is my favorite. This is really like I read this uh, right uh, right before Thanksgiving. It was like Jesus, this is good. This is really this is one of the best things. I hope that the other ones, the next issues, come out like right on time too, so it's not a super yeah. long. Wait. I I imagine if they'd been planning it as like a graphic novel, they might already have it done and ready, and they're just breaking it up in this way. That's true. Um, um, I. I figured out why I was confused about who was involved in this book and who was involved in a different book uh, in the past couple of weeks. Last last time I recorded, I got confused about Jeff Lemire, Matt Kent, and Scott Snyder working on something. And part of the reason I did that was because Ethan, Matt Kent, and David Rubin as on art had a Jeff Lemire cover. Yep. And it fits in. Not only does it have a Jeff Lemire alternate cover, but that alternate cover portrays a uh, explorer in a sort of sci-fi confused setting, which fits in with the preview of AD, which was our hero in the purple weed situation. This is true. Uh, did so you all read... of that was supposed to be a long. I did. I did read Ether. Did and, you? Yeah, and I'm out. I really like. I really like. You're out. I can't, and I don't like this. Oh goddamn! Why are you? I it's too. I thought you would hate this, and I disliked it for the reasons that you usually dislike things. Is it's got too much cutesy stuff in it. Oh, uh, like it's, it, it was. I think the cutesy stuff in. <laughs> uh, I think the cutesy stuff in this is is different than the cutesy stuff I object to in say Saga. Um, really. This is—is is it just because this is yeah. all cutesy stuff, uh, and there's nothing else to tempt? Yes, that? because Saga plays itself off as the cutesy stuff somehow being smart and serious and meaningful. Um, this is just it, that cutesy stuff is just being fun and weird and playful. It's not pretending that it's like somehow on the side of good which like Saga imagines that like having a cutesy animal be tough and slaughter is somehow connected to a presentation of gender and sexuality and like i think that bugs me i think that's what bugs me about saga this might turn into a rant say uh side note about saga but yeah like it's cutiness is pretending it's uh, uh doing something important along with other things the book is doing uh the cutesiness and 
ether is just it's just fun it's it's wordplay it's it's silly it's 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 not that it's not doing that other stuff where it's ending it's doing that um it's not relying on an instantly gushing uh fan base yeah uh, no that's that, that's fair different. I, it's different for me it's very different i see that i just didn't i didn't I, just, I I could respect what this is, and I can see why why you would like it or why people would like it. I didn't think you would, but um, but I could see why people liked it. It just it just didn't call <laughs> me that much. That, that's like the most insulting thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> well, it, I didn't think you would like it because I thought you you would complain about the the kind of cutesy aspects, um, which I understand now why um, you wouldn't, and that makes sense. What's that? I could see the cutesy stuff uh, tiring me out eventually and getting overwhelming, but um, there's enough other stuff that I like. Um, it's I only like, five issues, uh, too. Science and magic. Yeah. And, you know, I like science and magic blending. I know you hate magic, but I, I like that they can be confused. I like that this wants to confuse it. Um, I get a kick out of the uh, hero being... In the alternate dimension, we're not. We haven't set this book up at all. There's um. There's an alternate dimension where um, uh, magical things are kind of taken as a science and, and technology, magic, uh, also that sort of kind of familiar concept uh, put forth in a cartoony way. Um, and that's the other thing about the cute. It's a full admission to being cartoonish. Um, it, that's just it. It's a cartoon. I mean, these characters are almost. 70s 80s like tripping childish saturday morning cartoon stuff um so it's it's open about that um so that's the the world that this this human is in is that he he visits there every once in a while and he is uh a rugged uh indiana jones ish not really but um pulp he's a pulp adventurer there um and they like him he's important there he matters and then back in uh his world, our world, reality. He's just a crazy homeless person living under a bridge. Um, and I'll always, I will always be on the side of the crazy homeless person living under the bridge who really is actually doing important things in some alternate dimension. Because I wish that was more of us. I really wish that was more of us. Well, and it does set up that he was prior to that a, a professor that was like quite lauded or or right. respected. So Which there's some, some fall from grace. Yeah. The fall from grace, the fall from grace, and the hero in an alternate reality. Yeah, I'll take that because I wish that was my life. I like I like these that here in the alternate reality because he's telling that magic doesn't exist and that they're dumb. <laughs> That's the part that I like. <laughs> he's like, they're like, but we have magic. He's like, you don't have magic. You're fucking dumb. There's no magic. Shut up. <laughs> That's the part that I appreciate. So. I'll, let's let's move on. I'm gonna take us to to our valiant moment of the week. Um, of the two weeks, there are a few valiant books that came out. The only one I want to mention is Harbinger Renegade number one. And this is um one of the reasons I like Valiant because they have like weird uh, reboots of the, or not reboots, but like new series that evolve out of past stories. They sort of recap it and they move on. With this one, the idea of these Harbinger characters um is that. The Valiant stand-in for the X-Men and the Inhumans are these are people called Psyots that have a latent ability inside of them that can be any sort of like superhero ability. 
um, but it has to be activated. Or sometimes I believe it can self-activate, but in like the most the most uh, powerful of these people. But and a lot of people have it, but and have this these tendencies, but they have to be activated. So way back when there was a, a institute that was run by Toyo Harada who would activate people, and a huge number of them would die. That the activation process wasn't clear it wasn't clean like a good number of people would would die in process and then along came this this powerful site named peter stanchik who could activate anyone 100 percent success rate no problem at all and he was really pissed that this other dude was like sort of creating this army of these people and killing people along the way by trying to activate them and failing at it right so eventually through a series number of series a war, various machinations, all the information from Toyo Harada's Harbinger like Institute, whatever it was called, was released online as a way of like exposing them. So all the all their secrets have been released. Everyone can download all the information about this this institute, all their technology, so they have no power anymore. They've been like depowered as a as an industry, as an institute. There's more to it than that, but this, that's where I'm gonna stop for here. So this comic opens with like people on the street having rebuilt that technology to try and turn Syats on so that people can get their superhero powers, right? Except that they fail all the time. And like this, this, this group of this band of kids is like built this thing and they're like, okay, it's going to work with this kid. So they figure out who, who, because all this information has been tracked, they go to where one of these potential superhero Syats is. And then they like sort of seduce them into being part of their club and then put them in the chair, try and turn on their powers and they die. Um, so, which is a kind of a great setup and of moral ambiguity and weirdness for a comic book. So my <laughs> question for you is: What percentage of of potential death are you okay with to get your superpowers activated? So you are you know that oh, you are God. you are a Syat. There is there is Peter Stanchik who can one hundred percent turn you on. He is not available. <laughs> Instead, you've got somewhere a renegade group that has made this, and it's somewhere between. But what percentage? If it's ninety percent, do you do you go through with the procedure? Uh, what type of super? You don't know. Might I get? You can't. You could. It could be flight. It could be mind control. Oh. It can be strength. It can be. It's any. It's like X Men Inhumans level thing. It can be anything. Yeah. So, like on some level, it could be like non-smelly farts. Yeah, theoretically. Like, some of them have like okay. astral projections or like are not astral projections, but like whatever light projections. Any any power of any superhero that you could ever think of, it could be. So if you have a, if you if you know that you have a power though, ninety percent chance that it will be activated if you go through this procedure. Go for it. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! You can. Okay. You could go way lower. Okay, seventy. Um, absolutely. 50 yes but but the the 50 is a based on current mood and status of life 70 is an absolute like okay i can't uh, imagine a situation where i'm not at 70 percent not like fuck yeah um wow 40 is a definitely 40 yeah 40 40s where i'm at right now 30 I feel like this is actually a good way to measure. no no 30 no okay, uh, there, there are times i would do 30 absolutely so somewhere oh. between 40 and 70 is your, like, tipping point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really going to always come down to, like, you know, my, my life context. Uh, I th- 
think below 30 and, and that would be shocking. Um, I think 30 is like the low. Yeah. 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 I, I can't imagine 70 is always going to happen. I okay. can't imagine my life being so uh, what I want that 70 wouldn't work for me. What about you? Interesting. I don't, I think it would have to be nineties for me. I don't think, I don't think that I would, I would do <laughs> much lower than 90. I'm shocked. I think 70 is like, no, that's I, way too, that's way too high. That's three and 10. That's like, that's, 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 it's most, most likely that I'd be one that would not get to have the superpowers then. I'd wait for the, I'd wait for the, the next volume, the next, the next uh, iteration of the, of the technology. That's why it's like you LASIK. Want, you I won't go, I won't get LASIK. Because LASIK is like one out of however many people it doesn't work. It's not going to work for me. I'm going to end up with blurry vision for my whole life. Fucking nonsense. I don't want that. I don't want to laser my eyes. I think it will work for me. That's why I'm willing to go. Because I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the three. But yeah, I can do that. <laughs> no. So okay. So that. So if you are listening to this podcast, you should follow us on Twitter at thirty two pages two staples. Those are both numerals. And then you should also tweet at us what your percentage is. Like what what likelihood yes. would you I have want to have percentages. um for you to decide to go through an operation to get a superpower of of. Some value, but okay. So what? What else? What do you? What do you <laughs> got? What do? You, what's a? What's a comic you want to talk about? Uh, what is a comic I want to talk about? Um, I, I would love to attempt to talk about Black Monday murders, but it continues to be way smarter than I am. I feel like um, I get this now. I read this last night, and I, I feel like this this fourth a- a- issue. This is the Jonathan Hickman, Tom Coker, and who is the other person? Uh, Garland. Um, I think Garland, Michael Garland was the person I think I met at near Comic-Con. But I felt like this issue, issue number four, um, that kind of closes out the first arc of this, um, was the one that like finally filled in all the last remaining pieces for me to understand how this world operates. I don't know all the details of it or all the implications of it, but I get where all the things that have happened prior to this, how they all sort of lock into place a lot better than before. I felt God, like... I. I felt like I had a better understanding before this issue because this issue seems so information based, so much more detail and information and date and a name than the previous issues that were more vague and an idea. And so I felt like I got those better. And then the second I start getting thrown all this actual concrete information, I just like numbed out. Oh, see, uh, see the thing that this this finally the part that this explained. So this is set in um, the basic setup of this this book is that. Uh, banker Rothschild, Daniel Rothschild is murdered um, in like a ritualistic way and his sister comes to take his place in this sort of shadowy organization of people who control finance and money and power throughout the world Um, or at least through a part of the world which is one of the things that's explained at the end of this and it's set up where there's always been four people that hold these roles that sort of wrote that rotate and those rules involve like the watcher who pays attention to like what's happening with money as like an, a sort of entity to someone who is the the stone who will be murdered um when when the sacrifice needs to be made so that the stock market and that money can continue to grow sort of like a deal with the devil and the devil is money but um in this one and what's always what's been the case since the beginning of this is that there are the american group of people that has emerged with this russian group in which the russian group has three people um, and they can only op- they can only be one of those four rotations, one of the four spots that are available. Um, I can't remember the names of all of them right now. But anyways, this one's sort of 
was the final piece in the puzzle of how the Western school of economics, that is the, the four thing, the Rothschilds and all those people, all those families that have held power for so long, merged with the Russian family and how our main character has been coming back since the beginning, um, Gregoria, whatever, Georgina, Georgina, um, Rhea, as they always call her, Regina Rothschild, who was Daniel's twin sister, um, how how she got kicked out of the group and now she's back because he was has been murdered and how this is set off like their war. This one finally like put the pieces together of how the Western and, and the Eastern group, the Russian group, merged into this this sort of um, operation that they have and sort of gave the, the perspective of like where she got kicked out, her sort of ambitions and machinations and set up this conflict going forward. And I think that, that that's where it finally hit the hit the filled in the last little blocks for me. You're smarter than I am. I, I read this like <laughs> I read like a couple of these ones last night, but I, I I really like this series and I like like how it sort of plots itself out. And I go through it really slowly. Oh, no, it took me it took me like really an hour solid. and a half to read two issues of this. Like it wasn't I didn't read it like a normal comic book. I read it really slowly and like carefully and thought about it all. You're not smarter than me. You work harder than me. <laughs> I work I put in more effort. You gotta put more effort in your comic books. <laughs> That's how you become an I gotta put more effort into all of my but I dig this so much, and like the deaths of like the the Rothschilds' oh, no, it's parents, I mean, I, I, so cool. It's yeah, no, it's it's good. It's dark. It's it's, it's uh, another anxiety ridden book, just in a very very different way because it's a it's much bigger picture anxiety uh, rather than like personal anxiety. It's like cultural economic disaster all of the time yeah. um, except for the people who are benefiting from it yeah yeah and jesus they get to benefit from it they can do anything they want and have some sort of secret power the secret power thing is a part that's not really completely described no. except that there's a language that's older than man essentially and that it allows you oh the other part that i really love about black Monday murders is how they constantly the rich constantly refer to other people as slaves like in the most dismissive way where they're like, they're like, they like, they, they, there's one point in time where like the lawyer tries to talk over, um, Victor who's murdered, who murdered Daniel and is going to get away with it. Cause he's rich and powerful. And, uh, the lawyer tries to talk over him and he's like, shut up slave. <laughs> like it's so perfect. Like just instantly dismissive in a brutal kind of meat way. But, but that's because that their turn towards everybody is even worse. I mean, people close to them are even worse. The the scene when um, Rhea is a child, um, it's is it her birthday? It's her yeah, birthday, it's and her so birthday. she's with her grandfather. Can I have anything I want, grandfather? And like, there's there's a intimate to, intimacy to this. It's a, it's a small child and her grandfather on on a birthday. That's sweet, but it's also on this giant estate. Uh, set on a little bench before this huge wall so it's terrifyingly cold um even with that pseudo intimacy uh can, can i have anything i want grandfather of course so she she wants to ask i want to know what happened to my parents and you can't lie um the response, oldest transaction in the world is blood for blood it is the foundation of all power and he goes on to a. Uh, I, I was born 90 years ago. I don't look over 60. I stay strong because I have devoured many. And the ends, whenever possible, it's best to eat your own. So even though they're 
seeing other people as slaves, their attitude towards each other is, is even more brutal because they care at moments, but if it benefits them to drink their blood and stay young, they'll eat anyone. Well, that's because that's because his son also screwed up. He, he got involved with a commoner and had twins, which jacks up their whole system. So he had to go. <laughs> he did. He absolutely but did. Yeah. So um, I've got a couple more that I want to mention for sure. One is Chew number 60 came out, which ended the Chew series from John Lehman and Rob Guillory. And the only thing I'm going to say is you need, everyone needs to go just buy and read all 60 issues of this because the final scene is worth all of that investment. It ends in the perfect Chew way. It's so funny. It's so good. It's so entertaining consistently all the way through. There's so many great little like background little jokes. It's, it's wonderful. And like the ending of it is like, yes and then it was like yep that's that's right on i'm i'm so good with how this this wrapped up it doesn't make no 60 issues no mistake yeah and they're so funny they go pretty fast because they're they're basically a lot of them are procedurals involving food related crimes um (laughs) powers um so they'll have like a little bit of a plot that moves through like the arcs but um a good number of them are just like set pieces to be like food related jokes and puns and background things and it's 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 really an enjoyable i can't believe they did it they did it over like they do five issues and then take like a two-month break five issues two-month break and it went like that since whenever it started like six years ago seven years ago and was one of the big one of the series that really brought attention and and um everything back to to image this and walking dead were really like the cornerstones of like the new image revival so it's sad to see it go but is it was it's baller from start to finish and better and than, the finish is perfect better than what staying on too long oh yeah yeah Just and it had always been planned this way it had always from the very start like it was announced that it was going to be 60 issues is going to work in this particular way and um one of the things that was super cool That's about intense. it one of the things that's super cool too is that in the middle I can't remember what issue it was, but it went from like, say, I think it went from like 15 after, after issue 15, the next one that came out was number 27. Um, and then it went back to 16 and built up to 27 and skipped that one. I think it may have reissued it when it got to 27 because it gave you this, like, or maybe it was like 29, whatever it was. So it's like the cliffhanger of like a few arcs in the future. Um, so you could see how everything was going to go to shit. And um and things weren't going to work out at all, and then it went back and allowed it to like go forward to that point. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing, amazing comic book. Cool. And good for them for pulling it off. Um, the one other one that I want to say before I turn it over to your Star Trek corner is that we talked about like the idea of uh who your like dude was, who your character was a few weeks ago, maybe last week, and um yeah, just to clarify, after two eighteen, the story leapt to two twenty seven. And showing the a reader events taking place one year later, then return to nineteen. Um, so the uh, like, and I didn't really know who my person was, and we were trying to find someone that you'd be into. I think that person for me is Jessica Jones, and the other person that it has been recently is the Hawkeye from Matt Fraction and David Aha. And the reason I <laughs> I mentioned both of those in combination is that they're both characters that are inherently just messes. That they've, they've just they they aren't superheroes in the traditional <laughs> way. They're like they're jacked from the start, and they're just trying to make it through. And they don't have great superpowers. They don't have 
abilities that are like that make them be able to become great heroes. They're just sort of like fuck ups that just sort of make it they make their way like in the second issue of Jessica Jones by Bendis and, and Michael Gatos, there's this great sequence. That's like the perfect sequence for, to capture the spirit of this Jessica Jones is her trying to like fly away from Luke Cage. Who's pissed. Cause she's like taken away their baby and, um, and hidden her. And she's trying to get away from him as he like rips the car door off of her car and is smashing to the ground. So she can, she has enough power to like sort of fly, but she can't <laughs> land. So it's just image after image page after page of her jumping from building to building and just like crashing into like the rooftop <coughs> stuff. And she's like trying to explain, like, I really messed everything up. I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Everyone's always judging me. Everything's always bad when I see my, these people and trying to get away by like, just like flinging herself onto the next rooftop that she collapses into. And that sort of like resigned superhero broken, person thing i feel like i'm most most appeals to me as uh the characters that are my characters so uh, jessica jones is my 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 person now she's my girl i i that is all something i appreciate about you that you identify with something like that i like that makes me feel good my thing so it's all you and you should do a star trek star trek corner too this this star trek corner feels lonely because this is another I wish John were here moment. Um, two Sundays ago, uh, I went on a, a little little day road trip with John to Ticonderoga, New York, which has absolutely nothing in it. There is god-awful nothing in Ticonderoga. There's a little small store called Furniture by George, which is occupied by a tiny, uh, fat, squat muscular old crazy man who will uh tell you about his beautiful home and then all of the crazy strange junk in his store that he is selling for money while telling you that ticonderoga is a dead town he regrets everything there and he's trying to sell his entire store at once through signs painted all over the store uh about to sell the store and get the fuck out of god awful ticonderoga but in ticonderoga there's there is a Star Trek set recreation of the original series uh, set with the, the, the bridge and the transporter room and the hallways and McCoy's sick bay and, and Kirk and Spock's uh, quarters, which they, they didn't share quarters, but the set was the same apparently. And it's run by an Elvis impersonator, founded what? by an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, dude, the dude, the dude clearly like has a compulsion to explain his haircut within the first five minutes of speaking to him. Like he starts talking to you, and at some point he'll side mention, "Oh, I'm nervous impersonator. That's why I have the hair. Like I need to get this out of the way because I have an insane haircut, and I need people to." Know. But it's amazing. I mean, it's it's truly it, it was it was so fun. It was um, like. Way too much childhood fulfillment. Um, but it's in the middle of fucking nowhere, Ticonderoga, New York, with God, nothing around it. Um, I really hope someone creates a next generation set recreation in Ticonderoga, also just to make Ticonderoga a bizarre Star Trek hotbed. Um, that, that, and I went with John, and it was fun. And uh, I wish we could share more. And I'm going through the the, the books of the last two weeks, and I think the the biggest, most 
Hold on. Book is that Horizon? Okay, hold on with Horizon for two seconds. Yes. Do you know that that yeah you you you, you don't want to bury the lead on this that every August I believe that they have something called the Truck Onderoga. <laughs> that is a <laughs> it is a fan festival of Star Trek stuff at that at that set yeah. with vendors and tours and guests and all sorts of stuff. So next year you should go to the Truck Onderoga, which is a great pun for Triconderoga and Star Trek to be merged into. I will, and I, I really hope, you know, Ticonderoga can start to come back strong based entirely off of Star Trek. And I will love that. I will love that small, crappy town forever if it manages that. Um, the I'd say the Horizon, the, ma- the main sci-fi book for the week for me, besides Department H, which I feel like is part of our main uh, set of, of discussion, so I'm going to keep only Horizon to my little corner, only to say that I, I'm probably dropping it. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's it's too scattered. The the confusion that the that was in the first issue was was fun and exciting and thrilling. Um, five issues in, where fights break out out of nowhere as intense action sequences that you don't make any sense. Really, you're not they're too chaotic and they they come on too quickly. It's not um, exciting anymore. It's not boring and confusing, but uh. it still goes down as. Um, a premise I love and I, I, I wish uh, was handled differently. It might just be my taste or whatnot, but the premise of, uh, of aliens deciding that humans are too toxic to leave earth because they're just going to go ruin other shit. So they need to make sure they never leave earth again. I dig that. Like, I like that. That makes sense to me. That feels good. Yeah. Uh, because we're terrible and we shouldn't. Um, but it, I just don't. I just don't dig the execution, unfortunately. That's too bad. I really like the covers. Yeah, the, the look of the no, covers I, mean, I really is, like. I like the art. There's parts of the writing I really like. There's just something it's 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 doing with its its pace that um, it it felt like you hit the ground running, and and that feels really good. But five issues in, we're still running way too quickly, and we're starting to fall because we haven't taken pauses. That five issues in probably should be taking at some point yeah that's too bad yeah so it goes yeah well yeah yeah so it goes um <laughs> we've gone we've gone for a while now so we should probably try and figure out a staple of the week and uh and get ready for next week since there there aren't that many books coming out this week for once so we can no, actually I'm... oh you know what no we have one last thing i have one last thing um, what is the last thing? and this will this will tie in so since john's not here to do old man comics I'll do a brief old man comics in that after reading. I refuse to ever do old man comics. That's fine. After reading Greg, and this isn't even that old. After reading Greg Rucka um, and Liam Sharp's uh, Wonder Woman number eleven, where I was like, I don't quite understand because I don't didn't really read the Brian Azzarello New Fifty Two run of Wonder Woman. I was a little bit confused by like what was being referred to and all that kind of stuff. I went and read most of his run. I read. The first four and a half volumes, I thought I had, I thought I had the whole series. So I was like, oh, well, over the Thanksgiving weekend, I'll read the whole, the whole Wonder Woman series from a few years ago. Um, and I started doing that, and then I realized that there's one volume I never bought. So I'm oh, still, so I'm still waiting on the last one. But I have, um, I've read most of the other ones, and it goes through and explains a different take on Wonder Woman, where instead of being born out of like clay, she's born from 
her mom having uh, like fighting with Zeus and then banging Zeus. And so she's one of <laughs> Zeus's illegitimate children, which is really the engine behind the, the whole take on the series is that Zeus goes around banging people and creating all these bastard children that his, that his wife Hera decides to try and eliminate. Um, and so it brings Wonder Woman into like this Olymp, uh, like the Olympian uh, panthos of gods, um, all of which become really well-drawn characters um, and they sort of like it's like a family war essentially to see there's a prophecy that that one of one of Zeus's children will will take over will kill another god and take over the throne they think it's like the newest um, baby that's being born that from Zeus banging this this uh, like lady in Kentucky just a random lady um, who doesn't even know they're like well what did what did what did he disguise himself as and she's like could have been that trucker might have been that guy at the bar I don't know it was one of them and um and so they're all like sort of like the inner the inner conflict between like the scheming of who's on whose side um, and eventually like uh, Wonder Woman kills the god of war. In this battle with the firstborn, was Zeus's firstborn, who's been, spent seven thousand years tunneling out of like hell to make it back to Earth after his mom tried to tried to annihilate him, or after Hera tries to annihilate him, and um, so they, uh, so it, it creates a different take on Wonder Woman entirely, but it's really it's really fascinating, and she becomes the god of war after she kills him, so she has like these sort of god power power properties or like um responsibilities and it sort of makes the amazons more interesting in a different way too but it sort of filled in the blanks that i needed for wonder woman number 11 um which is part of the lies storyline in which basically she and steve go back to thymascara and and it's all like weird and destroyed and it sort of implies that she sensed like the year one storyline that greg rock is writing under this current rebirth form when she leaves Thymascara there she's never returned and all the stuff that's happened in this other new 52 stuff is not really the same place it's not the same paradise island it's not the same history so uh i thought that that it was cool to like go back and read that and like have it sort of tie in almost directly into something i'm reading now um plus yeah. like as an old as an old old man comics thing it doesn't go back that far so it doesn't really count <laughs> But it's still like an earlier thing and it's all trades and it was pretty cool. I thought it was really pretty cool. I like Brian Azzarello. It's a lot of good jokes yeah. in there. A lot of good jokes in it. Um I know it, it screwed with people because it changed her like mythos, but yeah, um but whatever. whatever. Are you are uh, you still reading Wonder Woman? Am I what? Are you still reading Wonder Woman? No, I stopped. Okay. I don't know why. Like if 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 it had ended up on my my poll list, like a lot of books do, even though I never say so. I would have continued to buy it every week. It didn't, so I didn't. Uh, ah. I I have no free will when it comes to my comic book purchasing. Yeah, I yeah. really it's don't. Just I'm comes, just surrendered to to uh, the universe making its decisions about comic books for me. Um, speaking of, I think the only thing I'm buying this week is Seven to Eternity. So oh. I say that's the staple of the week or it's a crazy crazy light week i think we could all go old man comics and and all read a trade or a graphic novel or something because yeah it's a stupid light week yeah i already got my stuff and i got five things i i literally think i just have one book oh no i'm lying i have six there's three books i canceled that are which makes me feel good about having i do have free will i made decisions i cut some some slack did you Um, cut miss marvel cut some fat oh is that out yeah 
Oh, I missed that. Um, I guess I'll be getting that, although that's getting close to being trimmed. But yeah. I trimmed uh, Black Panther. I trimmed Saga. Black um, Panther's not didn't come out this week. Oh, which? Oh, that's a that's a reprint. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got the Batman Annual. I got. I'll well, have, I guess I'll have that. I'll have Valiant Savage number one, like their one of their new miniseries, um, and then Saga. And then the skeptics, which I signed up for, and I hated the first issue, so I have that reluctantly because I can't <laughs> can't cancel it. So maybe oh. maybe it'll be awesome. Maybe it'll surprise me. But yeah, I think we should just not have a staple of the week. Instead, just uh, yeah, read our stuff and either do old man comics or just pick whatever you liked the best. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so until next week, um, yeah, you can follow us online at thirty two pages two staples. Uh, that's on twitter and you can email us at the same address at gmail and uh please rate us on itunes uh because that would that would be helpful and if you and if you're one of the people who listened to the initial bath salts episode um, (laughs) tell us why and can explain why that happened um my new working theory is that somehow it ended up on like a maybe a reddit sort of thing they were, it was ah. like, here's here's a new podcast about comic books, and everyone listened to it, and a certain handful of people stayed on. So if you're listening to this, if you could tell me why that happened, please do, because it, it is now up to um, 752 listens. That's a lot. That's way, 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 way for, more than the average, the average episode. That's a lot. I still think it might be bath salts, so I'm going to th- again throw out the offer. I will do bath salts if this episode gets enough listens. I don't, know what that, I don't know what enough is. We put bath salts back in the title, and it didn't do anything. So I'm, I don't know what it is, but if someone's listening that's heard that, please explain it. We would really appreciate it. Otherwise, regardless, we'll be back next week. Um, maybe with all three of us, if John survives this harrowing encounter with whatever villains have kidnapped his family. Um, and drug dealers. Colombian drug dealers. Um, it's racist. They might be Jamaican drug dealers. Um, but whoever whoever, whoever kidnapped his family, hopefully he'll recover them, get them back, and we'll all be back together next week to talk about stuff. The trap star, tell me there's nothing.